Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. Uh, the music for this episode I recorded on the streets of Madrid. It was a street performer who was drumming on plastic buckets. In this show, we have stories about legs, bras, thieves, Jamaica, hemorrhoids, capes, popsicles, dongs, and Cuba. Let's get on with the show. So we had been flying uh, to Barcelona, and there had been these three girls sitting in a row that had been drinking a lot. And then we're getting off the plane, and somebody goes, look, somebody left their bra. Who would leave a bra? And I was like, oh, I had that happen once before. And I was like, why would somebody take off their bra mid-flight? And if you did take your bra off mid-flight, wouldn't you put it in your bag? So now we're up in the first-class galley. All the passengers are off the plane. We're all talking about this as we're getting our luggage together, getting ready to go. And somebody else was like, how did she take the bra off? Did she take it off in the bathroom? Or did she take it off in her seat, like a la flash dance style and um and like why would you take your bra off you're just trying to get comfortable somebody else was like well maybe it was an old bra and then somebody else was like well wouldn't you notice as you're getting off the plane that you weren't wearing a bra wouldn't you feel like unsupported and then we look out in the jetway and there's the girl she had come back for her bra and had heard us all discussing her bra leaving (laughs) The whole thing was very embarrassing for everyone because obviously she heard us because that's all we were talking about was who left a bra. So then we're walking out of the airport and I see this cactus garden out the window and I say, uh, look, a cactus garden. I mean, it's a big cactus garden. And the other flight attendant goes, what did you say? And I said, look, a, a cactus garden. And she goes, oh, I thought you said the captain farted. So I went to Jamaica for the first time, uh, Montego Bay, and I went for two days. Now, I know normal people wouldn't go someplace for two days, but, you know, if I can fly for almost free and I find a great deal on a hotel and I had some editing to do, um, you know, it worked out great. Actually, it's it's a fabulous perk of my job. So never been to Jamaica. I'm going to Montego Bay. I'm at the airport and the immigration guy is saying, uh, where are you staying? And I said, oh, the Holiday Inn Resort. And he said, we're in Jamaica. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And he said, well, where are you, where? Where are you staying? And I said, at the Holiday Inn Resort. And he's like, we're in Jamaica. And I'm thinking, does he think that the Holiday Inn Resort doesn't sound Jamaican? <laughs> and what he was saying was, you know, the accent's slightly different. He was saying, where in Jamaica? You know, oh, Montego Bay. 
<laughs> just a dumb tourist. So uh, I went to this, I guess I got a couple dumb tourist stories, <laughs> a couple Jamaican dumb tourist stories. So uh, there was a jerk chicken hut, because, you know, they like their jerk chicken in Jamaica. And um, I went there a couple days because it was good. And uh, uh, somebody, I had a jerk chicken and delicious. And so somebody else said, oh, I'll have the uh, the jerk pork. And I said to the guy who I've been talking to, uh, the waiter bar- slash bartender, I'm like, uh, oh, you have jerk pork? I'll try that tomorrow. And he goes, I gave you chicken and pork. And I said, oh, I thought that was just old chicken. <laughs> and later on, he comes up and he goes, how was your old chicken? Okay, so I like to snorkel. And so these little trips that I take sometimes where I go someplace for two days or three days, the idea is to snorkel, write, or snorkel, edit, or uh, getting work done. So it's kind of a work snorkel trip. (laughs) I can get a lot of work done. So, um, and I like to snorkel. And I like when you can snorkel and you don't have to get on a boat. You know, you can just get out there um, yourself. So um, I had asked at, you know, the place where they have the water sports, where the good snorkeling was. And he said, oh, behind the island. They had this little island, cool little island you could walk to. And uh, so I go back behind the island, and it's not, there's like just some seagrass. It's not exciting at all. And then there's this black guy with a bunch of tattoos, Jamaican guy, local guy. And he's like, hey, man, I show you, I take you out to the reef. You know, you tip me. Uh, it's all good, man. And, you know, you kind of go, huh. Should I swim far away with this stranger? (laughs) Is that dumb? I don't know. I'd like to see where the good snorkeling is. And uh, I'm so glad I went with him because, I mean, he wanted a $20 tip, but like the boat is like $120. And I would have never gone out as far by myself, especially because there were like thousands of jellyfish. And he said, showing me, see, man, these don't sting. They don't sting these jellyfish, man. Just the ones at the night sting. And I would have turned back right away as soon as I saw all those jellyfish. And then he would like dive down and show me some things that would like stick to your hand and uh he would show me a whole bunch of things I would have never seen and then for the rest of the two days I knew how to get out through the jellyfish (laughs) to the reef and on my own so you know sometimes things are risky you know do you go swimming far away with a guy you don't know but sometimes you just need to go Yeah, one day I was going to Mexico City and I was in the back of the aircraft and a passenger comes saying, he's like, may I have a cup of ice? And I said, sure. Uh, would you like something to drink with? I said, no, it's for my hemorrhoids. Oh and, he proceeded, and he proceeded to go to the bathroom. And I was like, oh. <laughs> the things oh, we no. see. Exactly. Well. I am going to Cuba. (laughs) I'm actually uh, two weeks away from going to Cuba. I'm very excited. I've always wanted to go. I wanted to go back when, if you were American, you had to, like, go through Mexico or Canada. And uh, there's still problems with Americans going to Cuba. Uh, You can't use your credit cards. You can't use your ATM. uh, You're not supposed to stay at hotels because they're run by the government. Um, So one of, I flew with a couple girls who had gone to Cuba, and so I was very interested. And they were like, yeah, one of the 
reasons for going. One of the things you can say for your visa, and I still hope that I'm not going to have any problems. We'll see. But um, is that you can say uh, in support of the Cuban people. <laughs> and the one girl is saying, so like later on when you go to your um, global entry interview, you know, the officer will say like, why were you in Cuba? And you can't say, you know, oh, we were there to celebrate my husband's anniversary. No, you have to say, um, I was there in support of the Cuban people. <laughs> um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see the old cars. I'm still planning the trip. So uh, I'm going to be staying at people's houses, sort of like Airbnbs, because you're supposed to, because you're in support of the Cuban people. Um, one of the places I think I'm going to is Maria de Gorta, which is basically uh, Maria the Fatso, <laughs> Maria the Fat. <laughs> I was reading, apparently, there was a fat prostitute that lived in this town, and uh, the people would stop their boats to see um, Maria de Gorta. <laughs> and there's another place called uh, Matazanas, Matanazas, I don't know how you say it, but it translates to massacres, but apparently now it's the Athens of Cuba. Um I'm excited. I'm slightly nervous. Uh, like that town, Maria de Gorda, Maria Fatso. Um, there's only like 30 people that live there and you only have electricity at night by a generator. So it's kind of going to be, at least the way I'm doing it, as like the Canadians and the Europeans can go and stay at fancy all-inclusive resorts, but I'm going to be staying at people's houses and going on buses and, it, and only having electricity at night. So it's kind of going to be like going to Africa but it's just off the coast of Florida. Okay, so you flew with somebody funny? Yeah, every time she was doing the beverage cart and she was backing up, she would say, watch your elbows, watch your toes, watch your wallets, and nobody (laughs) would even notice. I've flown with that girl too that says, watch your elbows, watch your feet, watch your wallet. (laughs) She's adorable, and she can say things. You know, certain people can say things that others cannot. And I would I would not be brave enough to say, but when everybody's standing around waiting for the bathroom at the same time, she says, oh, it's a popular place. <laughs> it's a popular place. That uh, When people come on the plane to ask where the purser is, she goes, the purser is a Virgo. She loves long walks in the summer on the beach. <laughs> and they're looking like, what? We were in the van, and the flight attendant was saying that she had a uh, recent unusual incident. You know, things change. You think you've heard everything. And she said she was working a domestic flight, and this man said, "Um, I have a very unusual request. And she was like, oh, okay. And he goes, "Um, I have a prosthetic leg, and um, I was wondering if there's any place, like there aren't any chargers in the back, and I was wondering if maybe I could charge my leg in first class. And she was thinking, okay, yeah, that's a new request. I guess, you know, now they have smart prosthetics, so it's charged. Um, You need it. And so she's thinking, well, that's a legitimate request. And then she, because technically you're not supposed to have anybody up there, you know, there's not supposed to be up there. So she said, uh, can the leg be up there by itself? I'm sure she's never uttered that sentence before and probably never will again. Can the leg be up there by itself? 
On my recent trip, I was um, talking to a male flight attendant who I like a lot, and I was telling him about my upcoming Cuba trip and how uh, everybody keeps saying, I think you can't go to Cuba. And I keep saying, well, if I've read it right, uh, one of the reasons I can go is to support the Cuban people. And so I kept saying, I'm going in support of the Cuban people. And so I kept saying it getting uh, like guiltier and guiltier. So like, I'm in support of the Cuban people. Just a little thing. When I do the podcast, um, as I'm getting stories, I write down title ideas. And for every podcast, I have three, four, five thoughts for the title. And so this time I thought, oh, you know, I'll throw it out there on Instagram. And actually, that was kind of fun. So uh, this, these were the choices for this episode. Just the Leg, The Pillow Thief, and Polka Dot Napkin Cape. Well, it was a rather tight race. Two tied. The pillow thief and the polka dot napkin cape tied. (laughs) But just the leg won out with 19 votes. Thanks for all that uh, let me know. And I might do it again. So this was fun. I, um... I was in the hotel in Madrid, and there's a guy I really like, uh, flight attendant. He's just funny. I just really enjoy him. Anyway, he was with another uh, female flight attendant, and they were coming back from shopping, and I was on my way out, and uh, I was dressed up. I'm usually dressed up. I like I like fancy clothes. Anyway, so um, she says, the female flight attendant, she goes, wow, you look so nice. You're so dressed up. Where are you going? I get that sometimes. People are like, are you going to a party? And I said, no, I just, this is how I always dress. And then for some reason, I just said dramatically, um, sometimes I even wear a cape and like flung an imaginary cape over the side and then left. And they were both like, huh? You know, I always dress nice and sometimes I wear a cape. You know, I was just being flamboyant, basically. So the next day, <laughs> it's in flight. I'm working with that guy flight attendant I like so much. And um, he was talking about uh, me saying, you know, sometimes I wear a cape. And uh, <laughs> I had a water bottle. And sometimes we try to, like, we'll put a sticker from one of the carriers on your water bottle. So you know which one's yours. Or sometimes I'll take a little piece of plastic from something and make like a little scarf around my water bottle so (laughs) he takes a napkin and he makes my water bottle a cape with polka dots on the inside of the cape and like uh like the lapels up and so my bottle looked fancy and I was like oh I like my my cape bottle (laughs) and another flight attendant comes by and goes looks like a man array So I was flying with another guy that I know, and he was like, what the F is that? When he saw my cape water bottle, my fancy water bottle, and I said, oh, he made me a cape for my water bottle. And he was like, so he said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make another cape. So he made he takes a napkin and he puts a polka dots and it said Betty on it. And then uh, he ripped it up. Uh, so then when the other guy gets up from, from crew rest, he's going to think that somebody ripped up the cape that he made for me. So I know this is all silly, but you know, you have to entertain yourself at work. So he made that cape. We hid the water bottle with the actual cape napkin. <laughs> and on the counter where my water bottle was sitting when he left is now a ripped up polka dotted napkin cape sounds weird polka dotted napkin cape and uh, 
he gets up and sure enough, because he's a little dramatic too, he goes, oh! <laughs> we showed him the cape was just fine. I'd like to thank all of you for going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, when you're going to buy something on Amazon. And, you know, Christmas is coming. Lots of Christmas shopping. You could, you know, go to my website, click through. doesn't cost any more. It supports the show. And I like to see what people buy. And this past month, somebody bought Dream High Women's Evening Party Long Satin Gloves, which would go with my cape. <laughs> A monkey mat for easy pet sling carrier for dogs, cats, or bunnies. <laughs> hey, and if you want to buy some Christmas items, you could go to my website and hit and hit on, <laughs> click on the Patreon link, or you can go to www.patreon.com slash Betty in the Sky. You have some things like a signed book or an audio message for someone. Uh, it might be a nice Christmas present. So thanks for going to my website, clicking through on Amazon, and thank you so very much. Okay, yesterday. All right, when yesterday we were attending to a medical emergency. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know it's not that funny at the beginning, but actually, actually it's kind of funny towards the end because it was attending to the emergency and a passenger asked him, um, can I have a water or something? And Carmen's like, don't you see there is a medical emergency going on? <laughs> Hello. 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 But, you know, it's... The, he was just laughing about it. That's all. Yeah. I realized that I say a lot of things at work that I don't have any idea what the origin, where, where these sayings came from. So lots of times I'll be getting off the jetway. We're at the end of a flight. It's been a really long day. And I'll say, let's blow this popsicle stand. And then one day I was like, huh? There's no such thing as a popsicle stand. And I used to say this as a kid, let's blow this popsicle stand. And then I thought, I think that's rather inappropriate thing for a child to say, let's blow this popsicle stand. So I looked it up and uh, pop is another word for soda. And in the 1950s, teens would hang out at the local drugstore, which had a soda fountain. And they used to say, let's blow this pop stand. And then just recently, a flight attendant said to me, uh, I didn't just fall off the turnip truck. And I was thinking, huh? Turnip truck? I've never even seen a turnip truck. And, you know, I know what it means. It means you're naive or gullible. But I looked that up, and it's uh, used since the 1970s. Uh, it meant like a country bumpkin who hitched a ride into town on a farmer's turnip truck. <laughs> Okay, another thing I say on the plane, I was realizing I say all these things, I have no idea what they mean, and I, it's kind of just, they're just ingrained in me, and uh, I would say I have these big heels, and a lot of it's rubber at the bottom, and I'd say, let me take these clod hoppers off, and I, I thought to myself, what the heck is a clod hopper? <laughs> so I looked up clod hopper, and it's a strong shoe for heavy-duty use, which makes sense, that's how I was using it. I've been using all these things correctly, but this one is from the 1690s slang. 1690s slang for one who works on plowed land. Okay, so then I don't, I'm on like a little roll here. I just made some pickled peppers, and what are the chances for the first time in my life I've made some pickled peppers? But my sister was visiting, and she's a good cook, and she had made these um, deviled eggs with pickled peppers on top, and the pickled peppers were delicious, so I decided to make 
some pickled peppers. And then I had to look up that saying because I'm like, there's a saying about pickled peppers. And it's a peck of pickled peppers Peter Piper picked. If Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled pepper, where's the peck of pickled pepper Peter Piper picked? (laughs) It's a nursery rhyme from, get this, 1813. And authors have identified the subject of Peter Piper as Pierre Piauvert, an 18th century French horticulturist who uh, investigated the Seychelles' potential for spice cultivation. Spice cultivation in the Seychelles. Peppers. (laughs) Sometimes people say things thinking that you know what they're talking about or you've heard the saying before and you do it like a, huh? (laughs) So... Uh, we were in the crew van and somebody said, oh yeah, I'd never live in the dong of America. And I said, the what? Huh? He goes, you know, the dong of America, Florida. And I was like, what? (laughs) I, I didn't get the reference. And actually, if you look at a map, I guess Florida does look like a dong or a schlong or, you know, male genitalia. But I had never heard the saying before, you know, the dong of America. Um, it, I was coming up to get my uh, things for to take my break. And it was the 760. And uh, everyone was sleeping. And uh, we have the curtain before yeah. the bathroom in first class. So... I saw a man that I recognized from first class, you know, very uh, regal with his white hair, his white shirt and navy jacket khakis. And he was standing in front of the curtain in coach facing everybody. And I started looking at him and I said, oh, poor thing, he forgot to zip his zipper. And as I got closer, the people in the front row were going, no, this is not a bathroom. And he's facing coach and he's urinating on in the aisle. You know what? I think somebody really must have been on your flight because I've uh, actually heard that story okay. before. Was he an old guy? So I think he went to the bathroom, first class bathroom that's by the curtain, and it was locked. So he just pulled the curtain and started. <laughs> so he wasn't old? He was oh, very old. Yeah. yeah, white hair. I mean, he yeah. might have been late 70s or 80s. They're like, no. They're, yeah, they're going, no. And other people on the other side were just sleeping with their mask on. They didn't know anything was going on. But luckily, he had a, still had a straight aim. So, um, but he was zipping his pants up by the time I got up to him. But um, our purser was like a, a man in his 70s. And I saw one of the other flight tenants. I said, go get quick. And um, so he came back there, and he's very yeah. stern. And he said, sir, you've had an accident. You need to go in the bathroom and clean yourself up. <laughs> and I proceeded to get the um, cart toppers, the cart covers that are paper. To give the people. To, no, they, luckily none got on them. Oh, he was, was very straight aim in the... In, in the aisle, so I was trying to soak up the pee in the on the carpet in the aisle. But there's some glamour for you. Yeah, that's glamour. And um, so I talked to his wife because they got her, and I said, "Did he drink too much wine?" And she said, 
No, but he did take a sleeping yeah. pill. And, you know, the more I thought about it, I thought, really? Don't men always just eat and fall asleep? I mean, <laughs> why would he need a sleeping pill? And he probably never taken one before. Yeah, they do that. They take it for the first time in a public place. Right, right. And crazy. so yeah. I was at the two left door deplaning and he looked very sheepish and timid. <laughs> As he should. So a couple months ago, I had done this, someone had contacted me. I always figure, you know, everything's an opportunity and they wanted me to talk about sleep. And I'm like, sure. Talking about ambient zombies. And I went in and went into a studio, which was kind of fun for me. I've only done it a few times and talked for like an hour. <laughs> well, the program is out. It's a like eight hour knowable audio program on how to sleep better. And what I thought was... Uh, funny <laughs> is that uh, it has all these sleep experts and me and it's like um oh this one's a uh, doctor he's a sleep research neurologist and another one is a phd director of sleep in circadian neuroscience at stanford sleep medical center and another one is a professor of circadian neuroscience at oxford and then a phd in biology department at williams college and then betty thesky who's a flight attendant for a major airline it's like wah, wah, wah. <laughs> hey but if i'm a sleep expert i'll take it i'm going in support of the cuban people so what happened is that uh, i was it was in the elton 11. <laughs> yeah yeah i okay. love those stories so, so it was a gentleman traveling with his wife, and some time before we landed, somehow there was a spill, and it spill. was, I believe, coffee or tea. Yeah. So the the gentleman complained that it got burned pretty bad, and that he is burned in the groin area. <laughs> So, I like how you put it gently. So what the happened? Groin is area. That, yeah. So what happened? Uh, he's not happy with the flight attendant, and uh, he wants somebody to check it out because obviously oh. I don't know. He, yeah. he, it looks like he wants to sue because yes. of that. So we get to Atlanta, and the paramedics they come on board. Yeah. With a red coat. So, at the time, I don't think we had red coat, it was something else. So, what happened is that uh, the paramedics, they come, the gentleman puts his pants down, they look at it, and they see it has nothing, you know, and there's nothing there. So, they just he's, his pants he's, down. Not, he's not happy. Well, they had to look yeah, at it, yeah. okay? So, I was not there to witness the whole thing. <laughs> so, the whole crew is waiting because we cannot get off the aircraft yeah. because the paramedics are there. So what happened is that they say there's nothing, you know, he's gonna be okay. So the gentleman at that time says, well, we have a connecting flight. We're not staying in Atlanta and my underwear is wet. You guys need to get me some fresh underwear. Oh my goodness. So the, the red coat is calling places 
to find out if you can buy underwear for the passenger. I know, but there's no place so, at the airport where you buy underwear. Well, now they do, they do. But at that time, I don't know, they didn't have so many clothing stores, right. you know. So what happened is that uh, they're calling and, you know, like 25 minutes passing by and the, the captain, you know, is getting impatient. Okay. Everybody is like, okay, fine, we need to go now, you know. So the captain said, you know what? I've got some clean underwear yeah. in my suitcase. I'll give you one. So the guy say, okay, I'll take it. So the captain gives him one of his underwear. The passenger put the underwear of the captain and everybody goes. <laughs> That's my story. And his penis was fine. Yes. <laughs> So this flight attendant was telling me on the jump seat that her daughter was going through security at the airport and the TSA officer was very stern and he said, you need to go back through the metal detector. And she was thinking, she's patting herself down and she's thinking, huh, I have everything off. And uh, she's like, okay, sure, you know, whatever you say. And she comes back through and he goes, you need to go back through again. And she's like... Uh, what? Uh, oh, okay. She's thinking, ah. And she comes back through again and he goes, it's your shirt. And she's thinking, my t-shirt? And he goes, I'm a Falcons fan. <laughs> she had a Saints t-shirt on. He was just messing with her. I'm, in, I'm going in support of the Cuban people. Okay, so I have this weird thing that happens to me all the time uh, in the flight attendant lounge. Uh, Flight attendants come up to me, all effusive and all happy to see me, and I look at them and I got nothing. (laughs) I don't know. like, uh, they look vaguely familiar. I don't know why they're so excited to see me. And um, I got to figure out a way to say this without sounding like a a (laughs) a-hole. But sometimes I make an impact and I'm telling stories and I'm entertaining people and I'm entertaining people on the bus. And then they really remember me. And then we haven't had that much interaction. And then so I don't remember them, if that makes any sense. And then sometimes that's not the case. I mean, I don't always tell stories, but there's times where I'll like spend the whole time in the van going to the hotel telling stories. And then they see me and then they're like, oh, hi. And I'm thinking, huh? (laughs) But I don't want to, I don't want them to know I don't remember them. So I just play along and I'm like, oh, so nice to see you. (laughs) So this happens like almost every time I come to work. So, um, or maybe my memory is just bad. But the thing is, if I haven't had that much interaction with you, um, I might not remember you. Okay. So anyway, I'm walking through the airport and this flight attendant comes running up to me and she's like, uh, hey, hey, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I'm doing my same thing. Oh, so nice to see you. <laughs> With no recollection. And then she's like, it's me. I was your roommate 30 years ago. And then I was like, oh, of course I remember her, but she just looked so different. It had been 30 years. So, uh, you know, so sometimes it's just because people have changed that I don't remember them. Okay. So then I'm in the air in the flight attendant lounge and this flight attendant comes up to me. She looks vaguely familiar and she's like, hey, and I'm like, hey, so nice to see you. (laughs) Saying the same thing, (laughs) thinking it's the same thing again. And she said, "Uh, are you mad at me? And I was thinking, oh, she's not following the script. (laughs) What's that? And she goes, you know, the incident. And now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, an incident. Am I mad at her? What the heck? Uh, What? And she goes, you know, where I had to turn you in? And I was thinking, what? 
oh my gosh, what the heck? I'm like, my racing through the files in my mind thinking, do I know her? What's she talking about? Turning in, mad incident. And I'm like, I, 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 I think you have the wrong person. She's like, no, what are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. And I'm thinking, no, I don't. (laughs) It turns out then finally she's like, oh, I have the wrong person. And it was like, whew, that was a close one. Well, last coming home from uh, Brussels, we had a lady smoking in the bathroom. And so she didn't want to admit it. She didn't want to admit it. And everybody, you could smell it three rows away. Everybody was pointing her out, was pointing her out. I went up to her and I said, ma'am, please stop smoking in the bathroom. She's like, it's not me. It's not me. So a few minutes later, the lady, the one lady that turned her in comes running back with her cigarette butt. And she had taken the cigarette butt, put it out, and then put it where the seat covers go for the, oh for the toilets. And I was like, lady, you can't do that. So they, long story short, they call the cops. The cops meet the flight. I have to go talk to them and tell them what I witnessed or whatever. Nobody really saw her do it. Um, But I told them about the cigarette butt coming back. So I'm going through customs and the purser comes running up to me. Said she finally admitted it. And I go, she did? The cops told her we were going to do a DNA test on the cigarette butt. (laughs) So she finally goes, okay, that was me. She copped to it. Yeah. So we're on a flight uh, coming to the United States from Europe, and uh, <laughs> there was a lady, uh, I had already noticed her, she was already a problem lady, uh, we are doing boarding, and she says to me, um, the book that is missing is the Sally Field book, and I'm like, I don't know anything about a missing book, and she's like, you know, you were helping me, uh, and I moved seats, and then my book disappeared, it's like weird, like that suitcase that disappeared, poof, a few episodes ago. And I'm like, I wasn't helping you, but you're missing a book. And she's like, yes, it's a Sally Field book. I was, you were helping me. And I was like, and I wasn't helping you, but I can help you now. What seat were you in before? And she tells me the seat is the wrong seat. But I look all around that seat and I find the book and I give it back to her. And by the way, the other flight attendant that was helping her was black. (laughs) We did not look alike, but you know, she's just a problem odd lady. So later on, the same problem, odd lady, all the passengers around her are missing suspiciously their pillows and blankets. And uh, they had brought it to the attention of the flight attendants. You know, I can't find my pillow. I can't find my blanket. We only get enough for one pillow and blanket per seat. So if there's an empty seat, we can get it. But then the flight attendant, the guy flight attendant looks over and here's our lady, our problem lady. She's got like eight pillows and eight blankets. She's been stealing. She's a pillow thief. She's been stealing the other passengers' pillows and blankets. So then he says to her, um, she's like, she's like sitting on a chair that's like a throne. It's got so many pillows and blankets. She's like on a heavenly passenger airplane seat. <laughs> like big duvets made out of all these stolen pillows and blankets. So he says to her, um, Where did you get all those pillows and blankets? Because all the other people around you are missing their pillows and blankets. And she said, "Um, oh, I got them on eBay. And he goes, oh, did they deliver them in flight? Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Let's blow this popsicle stand. Who's in support of the Cuban people?